Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. All right, here we go. I'm going to read some of the Pentecost story. I'm just going to read the first part to you, and it goes like this. Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. All right, think about that for just a second. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Bewildered. They were completely amazed. Bewildered and amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they ask each other. This is the best line in all the Bible, I think. But others in the crowd ridiculed, saying, all together now, they're just drunk, that's all. All together now, they're just drunk, that's all. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. That's right, fantastic. All right, I, just a quick disclaimer. In this sermon today, I'm going to be kind of taking a perspective that was a possible perspective. It is not in scripture, okay? So we're looking at the story from a particular angle. And I just, disclaimer, if you're like, you're going back and you're like, hey, I kept looking for the thing that he was talking about in the sermon. It's not in scripture, okay? Everybody just say, got it, got it? All right, but before we get started, have you ever felt like you were not part of the group or the team or the family? Anybody ever felt that way, like not part of the group? Everybody raise your hand, you felt like that before. Those of you with your hands down, you're lying and you are in church. I want you to take just a second and uh, get together with four people around you, not just your family. You gotta talk to other families, okay? And I want you to answer the question, have you ever felt like you weren't part of the group, team, family? That's a yes or no question. Everybody's gonna answer yes. And the follow-up question is, when was that? What was that about? Everybody, you got about three, four minutes. Everybody understand? Set, go. All right, church. I want to hear from you. There's a, there's a follow-up to, the, uh, to the follow-up question. And a follow-up question is, what did that make you feel like? What did that make you feel like? So French has got a mic, and he's going to sprint around. Let's start kind of in this area right over here. So French comes this way. What did you feel like in one of those stories? Or, or what did you hear somebody feel like in one of those stories? Just raise your hand, and just don't call on Dane. That's the only person you're not allowed to talk to. He lost his privileges last, <laughs> last time we talked. Yeah, that's right. Lonely. Lonely. Everybody say lonely. lonely. All right, what else you got? Raise hands. Just need words or phrases that come to life when you think about what made you feel like. Left out. Left out. Left out. Back there. You may have to pass the mic down. Sure. Rejected. Everybody say rejected. Mm-hmm. No, Dane lost his privileges. But you angry. got one up here. Oh, go ahead. I didn't see it. What is it? Angry. Everybody say angry. angry. All right, right up here. Invisible. Invisible. Everybody say invisible. Awesome. Grieved. What? Grieved. 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 Yeah, everybody say grieved. 
Mm-hmm. And one more up here. Insignificant. Insignificant. All right, work your way this way, friends. Okay. Insignificant. Everybody say, insignificant. Mm. Anybody resonating with these and their stories? Say, yeah. Yeah. All right, what else? What else we got? We got some on this side? Insecure. Insecure. Everybody say, insecure. Y'all got to participate now. Insecure. insecure. All right, what you got for us? How to make you feel to be left out? Excluded. Excluded. Everybody say that. Excluded. Got one back over here, friend. Okay. We'll take maybe one or two more. How did it make you feel to be left out? Stressed. Stressed. Everybody say that. Stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, it's amazing to hear all of these things because how many of us can resonate with one or more of those things? Everybody say yeah. Yeah. You know, I will never forget a moment in my life where this happened. And I've got, <laughs> I've got like a hundred, all right? So I had to go through and pick one. And I remember when I was in sixth grade, and my best buddy, best buddy at the time, I think I told you guys this story before, but I'm going to tell you again because, boy, it just, it, hit, it still hits me that hard. A fellow friend of mine named Chad Kolajewski, nice kid. We had a great time playing together. This was the time of Nintendo, and we would go to his house, and we would play Contra. Anybody remember that game? Say, say you remember that? Yeah. And it was like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, DA, select, start, and gave you what? Unlimited lives, that's right. These are my people here. These are my people. And we would go and play this video game. It was all kinds of fun. We'd get down, we'd play this stuff. And the best part was that most moms would bring snacks, which was very cool. But his mom didn't bring us carrots and celery like all the other ones. She brought powdered donuts. What's up? Our, we were playing Contra, eating powdered donuts. It was like the best friendship ever. We were doing all kinds of things together. Great friend. He was kind of quiet. I was kind of obnoxious. It was a good friendship that worked out well together until one day. And everybody said, uh-oh. And we're getting ready to go on a field trip. And we're walking up to the bus. And we're talking about something. I don't know. I'm probably talking about airplanes. I was obsessed with airplanes at the time. But we're getting ready to get on the bus. And this dude looks out the window and says, Chad, where are you going to sit? And Chad was kind of quiet. He was like, oh. He goes, if you sit, and they called me Matthew at the time, if you sit with Matthew, you're an idiot. Thank, yeah, let's do that a little bit better. Come on. Yeah. So I'm standing there, heartbroken, just feeling like, well, man, that was a really mean thing to say. So we got onto the bus. And Chad and I walk in there, and I get down, I sit in the seat, and there's an extra seat. I look up, Chad looks at me, and he walks past me. Again. <laughs> he broke my heart. I never felt so much like an outsider in my life, because not only did everybody on the bus hear it, and there was some cool kids that said it, now my best buddy was the one that also just abandoned me, pushed out hurt. I felt like there was almost like an army against me. And it changed me too. It made me realize that I wanted to never ever have that happen again. And I never ever wanted anybody in my life to feel that way. And I remember it just broke me, but it taught me to respect loyalty and honor that friendship. Yet over time, I too have been Chad Kolajewski. Anybody else say, yep. I've hurt others. I've pushed them outside. So I can't help but read this story of Pentecost and think of the one who wasn't part of the group already, the outsider, the one that was sitting kind of on the fringes, hoping and waiting for something amazing to happen maybe, but having no idea what was about to happen. And I think about a woman 
a visitor, somebody who's just arrived in Jerusalem, said there were devout Jews from all over the place that were living in Jerusalem at the time. So I imagine this woman waking up, getting ready for the day, stops by a market. She's up early to kind of handle her business and take care of things for her family. She's trying to buy some figs, but they, they picked them way too early. They're not ripe, and I can see her negotiating with the guy to try to get a lower price on the figs, so she's got to let them time to ripen. Then all of a sudden, like a mighty rushing wind, a commotion, something happening. Now, she's just in her normal day-to-day doing her thing. And all of a sudden, this great commotion. Now, as an outsider, you'd have to be thinking, uh, what's going on behind me? And something moves within that gets her attention. This had to be a crazy moment, right? In the midst of this day that she was just going about her business. She'd just come to town to make a new life there with her family, going about her business, not expecting anything. How many of us, too, hear the gospel best when we're not expecting anything? Can I preach this morning? Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, come on. Sometimes I think we expect God to speak with us in a particular way in a particular time, but then when we don't hear God like we want, we think that God is a complete falsehood. And we start to walk away and say, God, you didn't speak to me like I thought you were going to speak to me. And all of a sudden now we don't want any part of it. Say amen if that's been you at one point in your life. Mm. But see, God meets us when we're not expecting to meet God. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. uh, Doing worship with our our good friend Bill, as a matter of fact. We were in uh, faith a live faith Lutheran church. We had created this worship service that was kind of new and different, and, and his sister was there too, and, and we had a great band and all kinds of fun things, and, and the church grew real fast, and we got to do all this really cool stuff, but I knew that God was calling me to something different, but I couldn't place what it was, and I was really kind of afraid to think maybe I would step out and do something really crazy and really, really different, because it was very cushy. It was a good place to be. We were in the suburbs. We were kicking booty, and the Holy Spirit was doing all kinds of amazing things. You just say kicking booty in a sermon when referring to the Holy Spirit. And it was a good place to be. But I was just, I knew there was something else. But I was too scared to make a move. And I remember driving down I-40. And I'm just, I'm listening to uh, music at the time. It was a band called Muse. Anybody ever listen to Muse? Yeah, a couple of you. There's like three of us. Great music, like super heavy, but also really progressive and interesting. And I remember just kind, of, just kind of going out of focus and listening to this song and thinking about, God, how is it that I'm supposed to do this? I don't, even, I don't even know what you want me to do. How am I supposed to leave this and go do something completely different when I love what I'm doing and I love my people and everything's going great? And all of a sudden, it was like something hit me in the chest and this song started saying, this is the time. This is the mo- these are the words that this dude that's not singing on Christian radio, right? This is not a Christian song. This is just a dude talking, singing in this song. This is the time. This is the moment. You have to do this. You have to go now. And I kid you not, it hit me in the chest because I was not expecting to hear the words of God coming to me live through a muse song on I-40 in my car. Hmm. See, God meets us 
when we're not expecting God to meet us. God meets us on God's terms and in God's timing. And this woman, here she stands, confused, befuddled, amazed, perplexed. Perhaps she was one of the ones that was standing on the side saying, they have got to be drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, I know that, but they've got to be drunk. Something crazy is going on. I came to the market to buy figs, to do my own thing, to care for my family. I did not expect this moment. And it's the best news in all creation. Unexpected. Now think about this. This is a woman who's not normally included, right? She's not counted. When we think about scripture, they said the feeding of the 5,000. Everybody remember that story? Say, yeah. They didn't even count the women and the children. They weren't even worth counting. She was just an extra. She was an add-on. She was a part of the wheel and the system. But she didn't really matter as long as she played her part and played her role. She was an afterthought in public. And she's got a front row seat to the gospel. The Holy Spirit speaks the gospel. In a minute, we're going to hear the rest of the sermon from Peter. And it's incredible. This dude that gets up. Mind you, typically the, like, the dude that just kind of blurts it out. Do you remember how we've learned about Peter? And Peter's just like, oh, yeah, Jesus, let's make some tents, man. Stay up here on the mountain. You and Elijah and me, and we'll just have some marshmallows and s'mores and whatever you want us to do. We can do it, all right? Right? And there's another part of Scripture, scripture where he's like, God, Jesus, you're not going to go and die. I'll stand up and, and I'll do this for you. And then there's another part in Scripture where somebody says, hey, I thought you were the guy that was with Jesus. And he's just like, Heck no, I wasn't with Jesus. And he says it three times. He's the boarded out guy. He doesn't think. And all of a sudden, he delivers the most beautiful sermon in the history of the beginning of Christianity. He's a fisherman. Yet he's on fire, literally, with the Holy Spirit. And it moves her. It shifts her heart. It hits her in the chest so much so that she can't help but think and hear and know that something is happening. The Holy Spirit changes something in her soul. The gospel changes people. Heard once that the whole point of giving a message is to get out of the way and let the gospel do its job because the gospel is powerful enough to change lives. It seems unintimidating when we read scripture on the page, right? Right? Just say, yeah, right? Because it's just a book, right? It's a book that can just sort of sit on the counter or it can sit in the bookshelf. And I mean, it's just another book right next to all the other great books that we have, right? All the other cool ones that sometimes are about real things and sometimes they're not about real things. But that, that Bible just sits right there. It's just it's unintimidating. It's just a thing. And you could pay, pull it off the, 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 the bookshelf and you could open it up and it's just going to be words on paper, right? I mean, it's just something you could, I mean, really and truly, you're powerful enough that you could just start ripping out pages if you wanted to and, and just chuck them on the ground, right? Because it's it's just a book. Everybody say, right? right? I'm not tricking you. You could do that, right? right? But when we read it, when we open Scripture, and we interact with it, we believe that it comes to life. We believe that it feeds us. The Word of God interacting with us. It comes to life. It's the living word of God. It's the gospel coming forth to meet us, to hold us, to change us, and to shift something in our soul, to shift our heart around. And what's even crazier is as she's hearing this gospel message, she's in a foreign land, right? Say right. But something familiar happens. She hears this gospel in her own native language. 
but I thought she was an outsider. I thought she was one of the people that had to learn the language of the land. I thought she was the one that had to come in and sort of figure out how to be in this place as, a, as an outsider. I mean, like, her job is to learn our language, right? Her job is to figure out how we work. Her job is to come in the middle of this place and learn what we do so then she could be a part of the team. But no, the outsider hears the gospel in her own language. And that's such a beautiful thing for us to know because, all right, let me ask you a question. I'm going to tell you why in a second. Anybody ever been to a foreign country that they don't speak uh, English natively? Keep your hands up. All right, so, so, so those of you that went to one of those, keep your hands up if you also did not fluently speak the language of the land. All right, put them down otherwise. All right, so let's hear, what did that, just shout out things, that, that, how did it make you feel when you couldn't speak the language? What you got? Confused, what else? Frustrated, what else? Uncon disconnected, yes, what else, what else? Y'all hear something up here? What? Uncomfortable, what'd you say? Lost. What else over here? Anybody else? Embarrassed. Embarrassed. Right, because you're standing there. You feel inadequate. You feel like maybe you don't have something to contribute. Lost. Feeling in the way of everybody else. Feeling behind. Like people are staring at you, judging you. Ha ha. Wee. Stupid. All that was going through her mind and heart at that moment is we are visitors. We don't belong here. That's why we say in this church, in this gathering, as a part of this movement, we've said it since the very beginning. To everybody that comes into this place, right in the service, right before we start preaching the word, we want to make sure that everybody in this place feels like they are not an outsider. And we say it all together, one, two, three, welcome home. It's important to make sure guests don't feel like outsiders because it's our job as the church to learn their language, not their job to learn our language. We're called to listen to each other and learn the language that other people speak. If I did this whole sermon in a different language that you didn't speak, you'd never hear the gospel. And so she hears the gospel in her own native tongue because God wants to speak directly to her so that she would know so that she would hear. Because that's what the gospel is all about. That's who God is. Doesn't want us to feel like an outsider. Doesn't want us to feel like we don't belong, but wants to come and speak to us directly. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God wants to speak to you directly. You're not an outsider. You might feel like an outsider. Maybe you feel like an outsider in here. Or maybe just in your life, you feel like an outsider. Let me tell you something. You are not. Not even a little bit. God knows your burdens, knows your hurts, your feelings of guilt or despair, that feeling of inadequacy, of being lost, feeling in the way of everyone else, like you're behind or like people are staring at you, judging you. God knows your joys and your heart. God hears your heart, wants to know you more deeply, invite you into deep relationship, wants to challenge you to live brand new, wants to know you are loved every single day and that you are no longer an outsider. God wants you to join the family because this family is not for them alone. It's for all of us. 
This woman standing in the market had no idea what this day was going to be for her. It was unexpected. She was just a woman, just part of a small family, right? Just a visitor, just a traveler who found a new home, but now she's a member of a movement. It says that 3,000 were added that day, and what an incredible thing that it is because she has purpose now and direction. She's a part of the team. She's in this huge family and has a brand new healed heart. And brothers and sisters, that's that same invitation that we get every single day as we come together as God's people, not to be an, in a church, but to be the church. And that's when we come around this table and God meets us with invitation and challenge to be forgiven of our sins and then sit back out the door to tell that incredible message that Jesus loves you no matter what. There's nothing you can do to break that apart from you, that God's love is always and forever. And it's not just for them, it's for you. So maybe today, maybe today this woman is you. Maybe that's your story. Standing in the midst of your norms, going to work, coming home, handling my business, going to school, coming back. Just the norms. It's the things I do all the time. Going through your day to day. Maybe you even feel like you don't belong. Maybe you feel like God's not speaking to you. Maybe you feel like maybe you're not listening in the right ways. Or maybe you haven't put yourself in the right scenario just so you can make sure that you're ready. Let me tell you something. God wants to meet you in the unexpected. Maybe God wants to meet you when you're not ready. Maybe God wants to meet you where you weren't looking. Maybe God wants to love you in a way that you never, ever imagined. I'm going to share something with you real quick. Let Bill come up and start playing with us. Verse 14 in Acts 2. And Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. They didn't have the five o'clock somewhere thing at that time. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel, and then he starts to go off. And I want you to listen to this, because this is one of the most beautiful things that you can hear as God's people when you feel like an outsider. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and the signs in the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day that the Lord arrives. Then say this verse with me. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One more time. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not just the insiders, not even just the Jews at this time, which are already kind of considered the insiders, but the outsiders, those who felt like they didn't belong. And what a beautiful thing that he says in here, even on my servants, men and women alike. And I have to think that somewhere in the midst of all that, she heard it was about her too. Not just the men anymore. Not just the insiders anymore. Not just the Jews anymore but all of us. See, this gospel is for you. 
You may think that you're broken and ugly. But God consistently sees how beautiful you are. Loves you in the midst of your hurt and your brokenness. And brothers and sisters, there is no greater word that we can have. I'm going to say the same thing to you for decades as I preach. That God loves you no matter what. Because I know what happens. As soon as we walk out that door, we forget. Amen? And we need to know this gospel is for you. This gospel will use your gifts on the team. You have a place here. You have a seat at the table. You are not inadequate and lost and in the way. And people are not staring and judging you. God is not staring at you and judging you, but staring at you because he can't take his eyes off how beautiful you are. That's the good news. So maybe the gospel hit you in a completely unexpected way. And maybe that's where God wants to meet you, to get your attention, to speak the gospel to you, to speak your language, and then invite you in to change your life. <laughs> well, welcome home. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, you invite us in. No longer do we have to be some faraway place in our lives, but you invite us in to be loved, cared for, lifted up. We may feel broken and ugly, God, but you look upon us and say, you are beautiful to me. You love us even when we're terrible people. You love us even when we make bad decisions, when we try to fill our hearts with stuff and things that ultimately fade away when moths can come in and destroy. Lord, you call us to store up treasures in heaven to seek you in response. And then when we're a long way off, God, you run out to us, speak to us, in our own language. Lift us up and carry us home because you are the God of redemption. You are the God of reconciliation. You are the God of life. God, you are the God of the outsider. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.